Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Okay, I have a bone to pick. So, if anybody's watching the video, I just ran to go turn a light on last minute. If I were to ask you what color that light bulb was, what would you tell me? I can't really get a good view of it. Yeah, maybe a, a white or an off white. Look at, Soft look at that. Look at that light. That's supposed to be a blue light bulb. How is that blue? It's literally just a regular old white light bulb with blue paint on it. If I wanted to do that, I could have done it myself. Maybe. My God. I, all I can say is LED is far and above better than I don't know how we did colored lights before because this is just this is just sad. I don't know why I wasted three ninety nine on a blue bulb. I should have just got the the LED with the the app for the the ten box or whatever it was. This was a waste. Yeah, where's your light strip? It's um here, you know what? This is not even <laughs> worth having on. Oh my god. Okay. The light is off. off. I don't care. The light because is off. You can't even you can't even tell. I don't know if it's because of my light or what, but my I have a blue light that's around my window and everything, but I gotta install the other one behind me still. The problem I have is I'm in a rental, so I can't screw things into the wall and the light strip is very heavy. So mm. yeah. Three M. I the three M stick on hooks? Yeah, I might have to and just kind of like you can get a whole bunch of you can get a whole bunch of different styles of them and I use I actually use those to hang up my jerseys so they can handle a little bit of weight as long as you buy the right. Yeah, that's what I've got my jerseys hanging with. I just need to it's like a weird big strip, so I'm gonna have to find the right thing to put it up with, but that's not a bad idea. It's pretty heavy though. Um anyway, welcome to Leafs Late Night, host Roscoe here. Um it's never too late for the Leafs, especially after uh, you know, overtime and a shootout, it's always late. Um, presented by Inside the Rink, as always, and I'm joined by Beaner and Steph, the panelists. Welcome back. We've got a bit of a, you know, slow, casual restart to the year. We've been, uh, you know, resetting after holidays, and I don't know about you guys, but it was it was a lot, a lot of driving for me personally, but I know everything, you know, seeing different families and stuff was a lot, so, oof. I, I, th- I think part of the fact is that this is the first year since the pandemic that we've actually been allowed to go out and do things and see people. And so everybody's, I I feel like there was, everything was extra this year. Like, Oh, we'll we'll do an extra dinner here an extra dinner here an extra get together here. And everybody's just all over the place. And I know there was a couple of times I was supposed to come on with you guys. And then I woke up and you all were either halfway through the episode (laughs) or all done. Been there. (laughs) <laughs> no, it's true, because I remember last year we had to skip over seeing my parents for a bit because, you know, there was like a, a contact that they'd had, you know, we don't know if we're going to have it or not. And it was just a different world a year ago. It's true. So it's it's nice that we got to see everybody, but uh, I'm exhausted. It's Steph. Nice to have you yeah. back. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, time flies, eh? Like, I can't even believe it's the third already. And speaking right? of that, happy birthday, Southey. I know you're not on with us tonight because you're celebrating, but just throwing it out there. 
Uh, we miss you. Hope to see you soon and hope you're having a great birthday. Happy yeah. birthday. Yeah. Ooh. And happy new year, everyone. Damn, 2023, guys. Wow. Yeah, man. That not to like dwell on pandemic things longer, but like that last couple of years have just flown by. It's crazy. I can't believe it's 23. It's nuts. Yeah, people's it's kids insane. just are a reminder mm-hmm. of how fast they grow. I'm, I'm sure you, Beaner, just watching your son grow. Oh, my God. I mean, 2022, for me, a shit ton of babies were born in my life. <laughs> and Same. now they're, like, almost running around. And I'm like, um, I just woke up. <laughs> now we're back here. So The weird one for yeah, me. Yeah, it's crazy. And oh, so go ahead. No, no, it's all good. I was just going to say Patrick lost both his uh, upper front teeth over Aww. the holidays, too. One just before and one just after Christmas. So Toothless. it's pretty adorable. Nice. Uh, the weird one for me is whenever I go back to my parents' place, they're, um, since I started going away to college, which, I mean, I graduated from high school 10 years ago now, um, or, or 10 and a half. So around that time, some new neighbors moved in and they had a very small child. So I've never really known this kid, but it's like every time I come home, this kid is older and older. And it, it went from like, you know, I see him running around in the backyard that with like, um, you know, plastic shovel or something to like, you know, now he's helping in the garden. Now he's got like the little, little like the Jeep power wheels thing to this time I go home, the kid's driving around in a full size adult. And he offered you a beer. Full size adult <laughs> snowmobile. Okay. <laughs> He's like 11 or 12. He's apparently playing rep hockey. He looks like a 10-year-old Mitch Marner. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Oh, I feel old, man. Yeah. <laughs> Just teary. He's got a great hockey Wait. name, too. I can't... I don't want to, like, out somebody without their permission on here, but, like, super great hockey name. Nice. Aw. Well, since we're on the topic... I know you guys asked uh, Leafs Nation, you know, everyone who listens to us, what was their favorite thing of 2022? Do we want to discuss that? Yeah, we can start with that before we get into these. Yeah. So how about you, Beaner or Johnny, Roscoe, whoever wants to go first? What first thing that comes to your mind? It doesn't have it has it doesn't have to be personal. It could be about Leafs. It could be about anything like what what sticks out to you about 2022? Well, there's a ton, but uh, I'll, I'll keep it podcast-related, um, or at least hockey-related. Going to the game with my dad and seeing Matthews get a 60th. That was oh, pretty yes. awesome. Thanks That's for that audio, cool. too. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, I mean, podcast-wise, it was uh, like jumping on with Inside the Rank has been pretty cool. Like just moving the show from being us of getting together and doing this for fun to being part of a big network of people doing the same thing all over north america and you know having merch that we can sell and and just people writing and getting to bring on mike and nathan and uh, and josh it's just like the way that we've been able to expand having more resources now it's been uh it's been really cool just to grow this thing into something new um but i mean aside from that it's it's been great last year was super fun to watch beliefs i think that they had like the best regular season ever it was just a fun year to watch playoffs aside um i I didn't get to watch a lot of the playoffs unfortunately so i still have a better feeling of last year than some people do (laughs) um 
Yeah, Pain. I think it was a good year. It was a good <laughs> all all craziness in the world aside, because uh, I think it was a pretty wacko um, year as far as I was watching something just to kind of go off track for a sec. This was a weird year for AI stuff, eh? Yeah. Like the AI pictures and stuff. Like that's that's been the weirdest part of this year, I think. The fact that we all have like a reference point for what a computer generated image is. Yeah. And did you see that Japan is actually laying out the foundation to flying cars? Like they've built this the um layout of how the system's supposed to be in the air back in 2020 and they're supposed to initiate in 2023. So that's coming. And I don't know. I kind of agree with you, Beaner Um, back to this, just the first year that we're finally able to do anything right. And be maskless in a sense and not worry about numbers. I mean, the stats are still there. It's still a worry, of course, but for example, like, my partner and I have never been to a concert before 2022. And this year we went to like six. <laughs> it was just like an overindulgence of everything because we've lost so much time and you just want to do everything all at once. And summer flies by, right? But you guys said some leaf things, I guess, big thing for me. Not even a big thing, just a little personal thing. I lost 40 pounds this year, which was just a little check mark on like a small list of things that's always on your mind for me anyways you know that uh resolution you gotta get jacked gotta lose weight gotta do this you know (laughs) but yeah i don't know i'm just happy to be here i'm happy to connect and meeting everyone and like sending those gifts off to our two friends mike like i don't know that makes me happy like seeing the posts and making other people happy and just the whole community so yes happy to be here yeah, and I think, I mean, and, in 22, we launched Discord, too. So that's a new thing. That's fun. Yeah. That's, that's brought everybody closer together, especially when things have been slow. And, uh, and yeah, like you said about being able to go out and do stuff, like, um, my girlfriend and I got together early on in the pandemic, and we'd never really been out to, like, dinner. I mean, we like, a handful of times out to dinner, and we finally got to go to a Leaf game, and, you know, we got to, we went to the movies and stuff, and it was... It was like we were finally getting to do the stuff that we we didn't get to before. So that's nice. Nice. And like to to kind of touch on both those topics as well, it's been really, really cool. Like I consider obviously all you guys friends, but Marty, like yeah. getting to build a, a friendship with him, getting to build a friendship with Luke, man, like it, it, everybody just it's it's so cool how our love for the Leafs has grown this community that much bigger and then excuse me with regards to being able to get out and do things i've always been a big proponent like uh, a proponent i guess of concerts hockey games anything and everything you can do like experiences yeah that's you know my bucket list i want to see every nhl team play a home game like any chance you get don't turn anything like that down because it's so worth it definitely like concerts everything like I've seen Black Sabbath twice. I've seen ACDC. I've seen Ted Nugent. Um, like, just holy crap. Seattle just scored two more holy. goals. Sorry. <laughs> Did um, McCann score either of them? I accidentally have him on because I didn't set my lineup. Uh, McCann scored oh, at least one. Go. Oh, thank God. Leafs legend. Actually, I think he scored both. Oh, thank you. Um, But but yeah, like like experiences. You get, oh, Campbell's going Jared in. McCann scored neither, um, you liar. 
Well, he just scored that one, and I swore he scored the third one as oh. well. Well, it says zero. <laughs> You've probably seen the first two goals. <laughs> Yahoo's um, delayed. We all know that. <laughs> oh, don't get me started on Yahoo. <laughs> like, I've, I've been crazy fortunate. I've gone to the Winter Classic. I've gone to Stanley Cup Final Game. Gone to Calder Cup Final Game. Concerts galore. Like, nice. don't turn down any chance because it's something that it takes one little thing to happen and you'll remember it for the rest of your life. Definitely. Life experience is the most valuable thing you can have. <laughs> it's way more than book smarts. Like life experiences trumps all. But anyways, that could be a whole rant for another day. I can get super deep with this topic. <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, Leafs tonight, St. Louis Blues. One week ago, we were in this exact same situation where it was a back and forth game going into OT. Unfortunately, this time around, the Leafs could not seal the deal. But yeah, it was a hard-fought game, like physical game. Do you know St. Louis had 52 hits tonight? Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Like it was it, it it was a little sloppy at times for the Leafs, but I think by the yeah. second half of the game it was like they were just controlling everything. As soon as they started coming back, it was like aside from a couple mistakes, unfortunately, that for some reason every little mistake cost them a goal. I think that's what it came down to. <laughs> like to put the whole game in like five seconds, every little mistake cost them a goal tonight. And that doesn't happen often. Sammy had a rough night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I had one of my friends messaging me like, well, why don't they pull Sammy? Cause Friedman made a comment about the, you know, the Leafs don't want to put Murray in because of his injury history. Well, realistically, I think if they were concerned about that, they wouldn't have trusted him. Mm-hmm. If they were concerned that something happened and you put Murray, or Murray in, he's going to get hurt you would say he's hurt, put him on IR and call up Shalgren for the game. Like something silly mm-hmm. like that. Right. Like you don't, you don't dress someone if you're not willing to put them in. We've seen this over the last couple of games for Sammy. He's going through something right now and he needs to battle through it. And I think his play in the OT, not to get ahead of ourselves here, cause we're just starting to break down the game, but you can see like that, that extra faith that you didn't just yank him right away. Kind of, was rewarded a little bit and maybe he's going to be able to pull out of this now, but like the way that they fell down and all the little mistakes, the sloppiness to even last year, this like leaf teams in the past, they would have just packed it in for the night. Mm-hmm. You might've got a goal or two, but it wouldn't have ever really been close. They would have just went about the motions, get the game done, move on to the next game. Like there was at no point in this game tonight, despite how sloppy they were, despite, you know, Justin Hall's Justin Hall again after Riley comes back. Like, they were still in it. They still had a chance, and they still battled and got, came back to get the one extra point, like the one point there, so. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm not a goalie, so I want to ask you what you think about this, but it, it felt like Samsonov's overplaying everything. Like, he's going down early. He's coming out on plays that it's not necessary on. Like he's playing really far to each side to try to cut people off. Even in, I mean, it worked in the shootout, but he was playing real far over on uh, the one that he stopped there. Like, is he just kind of, is that a a compensation for, for lack of confidence right now? Yeah. Like if you, if, especially in the shootout, if you look at how he was biting so early, it's really difficult as a goaltender, because everyone's so good and everyone's so fast, you 
like you you want to try to let the player do the move first and hopefully your positioning and your speed and athleticism can help you out but he was biting super early and then just giving everybody a chance to deke him out and make him look silly and I, I don't know if he's changed gear like skates or, or the way he does something but he he looks very unsure of himself on his skates lately like kind of falling down and he's 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 basically just not confident like you said because his positioning's just a little bit off he's not horrible like he's not looking like michael hutchinson out there but he he's not looking like he was to start the season no and that, that's kind of what i mean like there was the one goal i can't remember if it was the josh levo one or the brandon sod one but where he went down early like like butterflied out on uh on the first shot but didn't control the rebound on it so he was just kind of caught lying down there so it was things like that where it's like, I, I don't know why he was playing so hard on the first shot when uh, there was, I don't know, his net front and, and rebound control hasn't been good enough to like to warrant playing that hard on the first shot. So eh, some unfortunate <laughs> mistakes from him. And like you mentioned with Hull and, and some of the de- the defense, I, I think it'll get better as Riley just gets his legs back. He missed a lot of time. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what else to say there. Like They outscored a lot of their problems, I'm- right? Yeah, and that's the benefit of having the players that we have on this team is when you do have a game like this, you do have the ability to outscore your problems like they used to in the past where they didn't have the defensive structure in the past Yeah, to win the 2-1 games and, and to continuously keep them in games. Okay, so Steph, over to you. Uh, first goal against is the shorthanded goal. How do you feel about this? Uh, and this was one of the questions. Uh, the five-man power play, I believe this was from uh, Sarawa in Discord. Yes. Um, so the five forward power play. Clearly it's been working, right? And it's unfortunate when the other team connects on both power plays first and you're the team that doesn't. But in this specific play, Saad just outreaches the stick of Marner while he's swerving in front of Samsonov and getting the five hole on Sammy. Even before that, Marner unfortunately was covering the opposite point. So when Saad was able to intercept, intercept the puck, he had a couple steps on Marner. And um, I don't know if, you know, if it was a defender in that same position, I think the outcome would be similar. Um, it's just, he was so far away from the puck. Like unless you're, mcdavid with that kind of speed no one's getting back in time um, i think it was just an unfortunate play but i do believe that the leafs will start to integrate their d into pp1 soon even though bunting is showing time and time again that he is valued on this power play tonight two power play goals so it's so confusing right yeah beaner what do you think i I see what you're saying, but if you can take those minutes away from someone like Riley to be able to let him focus more on his five on five game, like he's been the quarterback of that power play forever. And aside from what we what year was it? JT's first year, where the power play was just ast- absolutely astronomical yeah. to start <laughs> it was the year. The second yeah. year, yeah. Like aside from that. The Leafs have actually had a pretty mediocre power play for the majority of the time 
that they've had all these superstars, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, and it's had its streaks, but, but it seems like the first half of this year and the first half of last year, they're sitting pretty low percentage. Yeah, but then when you can have that many weapons and then you put someone like Bunting, like how many players in the history of the NHL have had Hall of Fame careers by standing in the slot and just burying garbage? Yeah. Like if you have JT on one side, Matthews on the other, and Marner and Elander at your points, well, as a defender, you're not going to focus on the guys that who's standing in the most dangerous spot on the ice right in front of your net because of the talent that's on the outside, right? But, I mean, we saw tonight they gave up the shorthanded goal because they had five forwards out there. So there's it goes both ways. Right? I'm not convinced Riley wouldn't have done the same that's, thing. I mean, how many? That's like, not and, and I'm not. I'm not trying to rip on him. I I love Mo. I, I like. I want him to retire a Leaf. I, I've always loved him ever since we've had him. Yeah. But he's he's like he's not a shutdown defenseman, nope. and he never will be. No, and it was thanks to Marner that we even got this power play anyways because he was trying to steal a puck from center ice and he was taken down along the boards by Falk and these types of defensive plays are nice and all. I honestly think it was like a one-two bad step in this specific power play. Honestly, it would have happened to anyone not named McDavid with that speed. <laughs> Maybe Caillou because he beat him in the skills, right? The the speed competition last year, <laughs> but... Or maybe Nylander. That dude was so fast tonight. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. So, you know what? His skating stride is so weird. Sorry, Steph. No, not <laughs> at short. all. Yeah. Yeah, short, but like wide. Yeah. So it's at, like, he's got to be ridiculously hard to knock off his skates. Kind of like Zegras, right? He is super wide on his skates. He's literally like doing the splits as he's gliding down the ice. You just want to kick him in the nuts or something. But um, I don't know. I thought the Leafs in the first five minutes, like I have so many nodes. And then I see this underlying part being like, this all happened in the first three minutes. And I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. So two on one, Barbashev, Braden Chin, puck goes wide. Nylander pops a puck to Matthews and it's too bouncy to tip in. Czar backhand off the side of the net. And then back-to-back saves for Samsonov off neighbors, Levo. Like, I mean, we were talking about Samsonov not being on his game, but we do have to give him credit for some pretty incredible saves that he had tonight. Like, this could have yeah. easily been like a 15... 15- <laughs> Like five game at some point. You such, know? A, such a weird game for him because the goals he gave up, it seemed like he should have had, but then he made a bunch. It was like that game that Murray had where he made, what was it? It was 5.9 goals expected or something. This was like if there were 10 expected, <laughs> but Sammy made, you know, let five of them in. His goal saved above expected tonight was negative 0.59. Okay, okay, that's not. <clears throat> so it's not good. It's but not it's, bad it's for not five goals against. Horrible. And he still sits second overall in the NHL with goals against average. So his Jeez. stats from previous is still keeping him afloat, even though he's an eight forty four tonight. Um, I think in the first period, guys, not enough shots getting to the net. No. Too many bad hops. All over the place. Of course, you know, that short shorty goes in. Horrible. The next fucking power play, they score, right? Then you're down to nothing and you're like, God, like, guys, we got to start connecting on something because, of course, Rose, Bunting hooks Rosen and then another p- penalty. It's like, 
is this is is this how it's going to go for the rest of the game? Yeah, it seemed like they were chasing it right off the bat. Like if they hadn't given up that that shorthanded goal and then a power play right after it, I I feel like this would have been a completely different game because they were even from Engvall's goal on, it seemed like they were starting to get back in the swing of things, but they were constantly chasing. Like they were always behind. Ugh. Yes. But man, thankful for a Pierre Engvall six game point streak at this point. He also scored against St. Louis last game. <laughs> <sighs> Damn, whipping that neck around right in front of the net, tipping that shit in. That's the way to do it. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, he bottom had a, six coming through. The bottom six was really good tonight. I mean, him and uh, and Dryden Hunt had a really good game. I feel like he, I was just expecting him to score so many times. Like, he was moving the puck well and just seemed to be in the right place as he fanned on the one and and uh, one bounced over his stick. It was just a couple unlucky uh, chances there, but man, he looked good tonight. Yeah. Man, I didn't even realize Ingvall got the goal. First, I thought it was Kerfoot's shot going off the post. And then Camp was like, okay, let me tip this in, just to be sure. Mm. <laughs> but then everyone was celebrating. I'm like, damn, that bullet of a shot went off Ingvall's stick. Like, he actually tipped that. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> him and, and Kerfoot have both had some pretty good hands lately. I mean, we've been ripping on them for, for not being great at finishing but i mean kerfoot's defensive uh he had that one dive i think it was against it was in the colorado game that we didn't get to talk about where he was on the ground and he kind of like threw a stick up while he was down and and tipped that one out yeah. of the uh, out of the zone i mean they're they're both starting to uh find their game again and it's great except there was that type of play yeah. though like it's amazing when it happens but it takes such precise hand-eye coordination you go and miss that and you just you look like like an idiot oh yeah i don't know like me out there on the ice right like it's it's pinata <laughs> yeah and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say it a perfect game there was the one chance uh i don't know if you guys noticed that massive rebound that just came flying out in front of the net and it was like it was the camera was on the puck and it was in st louis's zone and there's not a single skater from either team on the screen like nobody was near this thing they're like well, that is a perfect rebound to absolutely nobody. And um, that was where Engvall was supposed to be, but he had moved out of his spot because he thought the puck was going to go the other way, even though <laughs> I think Geo teed this one up directly to be rebounded to him. And for some reason, he went and read it going somewhere else. And <laughs> I don't get it. That was so brutal to watch. It, it, now, me being the negative one here, is that maybe because... The Leafs haven't really had someone on the defense who's been playing pucks like that the last couple of years. I don't know. I mean, Brody's True. Brody's been doing a pretty good job of it, and but yeah, like that was a that was a pretty savvy, like longtime veteran defenseman move, like perfectly placed shot off the pads, out for the rebound. <sighs> yeah, fuck. Practice, yeah. practice, guys. <sighs> Talking about Talking practice. Ingval goal though boosted the energy in the buds i mean they were buzzing after that goal five minutes left in the first tron only had four shots on net to end the period it was eight to ten for st louis they just kept like shooting anything and everything at pennington as they should because we know how pennington is right so it's either uh it's gonna go in or and he's gonna get mad you might get a stick to the head or <laughs> i don't know but 
Braden yeah, Shen had penalties. eight hits tonight. Holy moly. Wow. But 27% yeah. on the faceoff dot, so... Yeah. Sorry, bro. Um, anyway, yeah, it's... It was such a weird game. Like I said, it, it was sloppy at times, but it seemed like overall they were playing well. But every time they slipped up, uh, this crappy St. Louis team that's like 500 is able to just capitalize on it. And it doesn't make sense that they're 500. They've just been underachieving. So, I don't know. I don't know. Ryan O'Reilly on IR, Tarasenko, <laughs> Krug. So had some high hopes coming into tonight, uh, especially with Samsonov. Perfect at home. Literally has a, what is it? A 941 at home. <laughs> so I thought he would be coming back super hot, especially sitting the last two games and Murray himself. I mean, he did get a win out of that, but the numbers weren't as great either. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So second period got weird, eh? Oh, so weird. <laughs> um, Cairo opening with his 18th of the season. Uh, pretty good for him still. Like I said, though they're underachieving, there's still a couple guys that uh scoring like they're like they used to. So this was an example of Samsonov belly flopping too soon because the rebound is not controlled and it mm-hmm. pops out perfectly to Caillou, who's able to knock that shit right in. And I'm mad. So his name is Caillou right now. Yeah, and Kerfoot was... was also hooked and held and literally everything at him and no call. So yeah. this could have prevented the goal as well if the refs actually called some shit tonight. <laughs> Not only that one, on the Levo goal, um, right after Nylanders, it was Gio who got slammed from behind into the boards with his face off the uh, like the edge there, and he was bleeding. I don't know. Yeah. Both goals had, had questionable non-calls right before them, so it's like, again, they shouldn't well, have been right chasing after, this game. Sandine gets crushed, and he has to go to the dressing room for five minutes, get two stitches in his face. And there was no call. Yeah. So, well, yeah. <laughs> it seems like refereeing has been uh, questionable as usual. But what about the, uh, I think it was in the third, I'm jumping ahead, but what about that little Three Stooges moment where, uh, oh who was it, God. Bunting, Sandine, and Lilligren all skated into each other? Yeah. Oh my God. Who no, was Bunting, it? Was Camp, it and Lilligren? Camp and, L- yes. and Lilligren, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think. I knew it was two forwards and a D, but oh like, my god, that was three so of funny. them. It, I mean, I've seen this kind of shit in baseball where everybody's running for the the ball and they're looking straight up. I've never seen this in hockey where three guys are going one direction and not looking where they're going and all skating to each other and they're all on the same team. And like when I see them all fall down in front of the net and the St. Louis guys look back, like, wait, did I do that? Like, what happened? <laughs> you just. You, yeah. you, the first reaction was like, oh, did somebody just hit both of them? And then they show the replay. It's like, oh, no, three of them ran into each other. Lily <laughs> managed to get out of it like the last second. I can't believe how perfectly in sync they were. It was like a tripod closing on one another. It was just all three of them. Bam. They right? all just go flying down. Like what just hit them? Did they all see a ghost and they just fell on their ass? Like If you so saw funny. it from the corner of the screen, you're like, what went on there? But perfect um, analogy. The three the three stooges, hundred mm-hmm. <laughs> percent. Oh, yeah. lordy! 
But second period, how about that 88.2 mile per hour slapper long range from Mr. 88 himself, William Nylander. Oh my god. Oh, so as nasty as this was, I was like, okay, so he wound up for that, took a slap shot on a one-timer's 88. Did you see Pierre Engvall skate in and just take a snapshot from, like, you know, barely any momentum? It was 86? I was like, bro, what? How do you not put together an insane amount of size and strength and playing hockey? Like, you're, I don't. It's like that is the beast. (laughs) He's like Shaq with free throws. It's like you're good at the things you're good at because of your size. But when it comes to like the actual like fundamentals, somehow it's just no, you're just big enough that you can get by somehow. I I don't get it. Well, it's 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 like Kasperi Kapanen. The guy's one of the fastest players in the league. He has chance after chance after chance for a breakaway or, you know, a one on one to cut to the net, to take it to the net. And what does he do? Every single time he skates in, gets the face-off circle, and curls out to the boards. Yeah. Yep. Too fast for their own good. Him and Mikheyev both. And that's why Kapman's been scratched a lot this year. But Pierre, like, I mean, he got the one. It's just, I feel like this guy could be, like, a Tage Thompson light if he wanted to. He could just be pushing his weight. He could be like Chris Kreider. And just, like, score 30-something goals a year. I think that's a better comparison. Yeah. Sorry. Just recency bias. That name's all over the place. (laughs) Um, He could be, like, a Chris Kreider and just, like, stand in front of the net and punch in, like, 30 goals a year. And I I don't know. He can't put it together. It's so frustrating. He can have – he can score 15 goals and we can all say, you know what? He's doing great. But it's just – it's really not what this guy's capable of. And they know that. That's why they keep getting him out there. That's why we've seen so much yeah. of this fucking guy. Yeah, that's why he's given chance after chance after chance, even through the t- period where he was a ghost on the ice and he would not use his body at all. <laughs> like When he le- unleashes the beast, he is unstoppable. Right. This is what I've been calling for. Oh my God, it's so fucking frustrating. <laughs> like It's the same shit with Nylander a couple years ago when you know the potential and then you see it later on and you're just like, finally. <laughs> like, but this year, applause to Nylander. I'm not shitting on him, guys. Like, Don't hate me. Don't come at me. But um, <laughs> Ingval, he has it. He just has to bring it every fucking night and i'm sorry for the potty mount i know but he's one of the guys who's eligible for extension as well right now him and like four others so i'm really curious if the leafs try that out again or they say bye-bye because he's definitely gonna want pay raise as well sorry he hasn't really done a ton to warrant a massive raise though yes yeah Sorry, who's this? I was just looking at when Kreider started scoring. If it was like he didn't break out till later. I haven't really paid attention to his early career. But it was like 2024. 20, <laughs> I'm seeing if like, is Engvall going to be a late bloomer? Mm. Uh, sorry, but who's, who's extension? Um, so who's eligible right now is Ing- Engvall, Zach Essen-Reese, Jordy Ben, Victor Mete, and Samsonov. Um, so probably re-signing for a small raise and everybody else is going to be left to block except for Sammy. I don't yeah. think they'd re-sign, but like they're going to find new guys that they can fill into those slots. 
If those guys want any more money, they're going to let them walk. I think they'll keep camp and bunting for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. From this list, though, um, I definitely see Samsonov in the Leafs' future for maybe one more year at minimum, um, especially if his numbers don't work out and he's willing to take a cheaper deal later, and especially since we have that hefty Murray contract. And as well, I think it's between Czar and Ingval for me, like one or the other, not both. Yeah, I mean, I Aston Reese has been playing well. He had a good game tonight. I just, I think that because Engvall's their guy that they've brought up through their system, I think they want to, you know, double down yeah. on their investment instead of moving on to something that's kind of been tried and might not work. You know, at least go with something that you've spent your own money on instead of letting somebody else reap the benefits if he happens to pan out. Yeah. At least with Aston Morally. Reese, it's like he's been on a bunch of teams anyway. So if he gets good, it's like whatever. He wasn't going to do that here then. Yeah, I know it's so soon, but we don't know what's going to happen, right? And of course, it's like new news starting last Sunday. But anyways, what's a Leaf game without a former Leaf scoring against the Leafs? Yeah, if it wasn't it's definitely Callie not Rosen. A Leaf game. <laughs> if it wasn't Callie Rosen, it was going to be Josh Levo, of course. I thought it was going to be Rosen again because he's been on such a heater since he last scored on the Leafs. But uh, no, this time it's Josh Levo, Leaf legend. Yeah. Geo just pinched so hard behind the boards. Neighbors picking him or pinching him. Leo Levo picking off the puck. And yeah, going right in front. No one covering. No one there. I don't think Sammy had a chance on this. Like maybe it was a little soft, but no one was there. So give him a chance, guys. And like I'm just trying to put it out there. Not every goal was Samsonov's fault tonight. Like I know some were really soft, but this was just another unfortunate one <laughs> well no and i mean you could even look at the the shots when the score was pretty much tied it was like leaves were being outshot you know 24 to 14 so it's like even if it's if it's four three pardon me uh benner's <laughs> numbers look a lot worse there than than sammy's do yeah but lo and behold, 17 seconds later, Michael Bunting claps back, collecting the loose change off a Brody shot. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, it wasn't this one I was thinking of. Yeah, it was the other Michael Bunting goal where they just left him right out in front alone, like on the Levo one. So it was some pretty weak defense on both teams. Yeah, here, Jordan Bennington, Bennington had an 800 save percentage tonight, even on the win. So, yeah, not good, bro. Not good. What's he on the season this year? Nine. Ooh, he's an eight ninety six. Gross. Two shutouts. I'm <laughs> shocked. What a what a weird career this guy's had. <laughs> seventeen points in the last seventeen games for Michael Bunting. All I gotta say is way to turn it around after this first quarter season about this. You know the narrative you predicted of him not working out, and you you were right. It was slow at first, and mm-hmm. they had to switch some guys around, and like it wasn't picking up just like last playoffs sort of thing like people had their little vacay and they had to work their way in and look at him now that's all i gotta say like oh yeah he's fantastic i grabbed him in fantasy patience is a virtue oh and also (laughs) worth noting on nylander's goal um there was a a little foot tap 
but gave oh, one yes. one Austin Matthews <laughs> a weird secondary assist, his 500th point. And um, somehow, a month ago on January or December, fuck, <laughs> November 30th slash our December 1st show, <laughs> uh, I said January 3rd against the St. Louis Blues. It would happen. So I win. Yay, you win. I win. I win. <laughs> you know, Michael Bunting seemed like the only person, as the commentator said, that noticed Matthews got that assist for his 500th point as well. And it was well after the crowd was cheering even more. And this was during the whole sequence of three goals within a 70-second uh, span. 77-second span. Oh, so, yeah. Shout out Mike Ross. Like, Did you see he tweeted he had the, the oxygen mask? And it's like, okay, finally yeah. done that man what a it, it was just wild and of course he got the secondary apple so but michael bunting went right over to grab that puck he knew right away and um don't worry though this is a crazy ass second period because matthews also scores to make it 501 points so good Damn. he grabs this one on one foot like he's literally skating on one foot grabs it at his heel Moves it up and shoots without putting his right foot down. Are you fucking joking? How? Like, two, three years ago, someone accepting a pass like that and taking that shot that accurately and scoring would, would have been considered witchcraft. Like, that would have been a glitch that you would have seen in an NHL game. Exactly, right? Whereas It looks like some, somewhere you're like, not okay, supposed yeah. to receive a pass. <clears throat> this is just his elite status because half of the team would have fumbled that pass. And this is exactly what I was describing in the solo episode where Matthews, the team just trusts him immensely where they can pass it anywhere and he will intercept it and do something with it. Like he somehow just gets it out of the air from his feet from behind. It doesn't even matter. The team just trusts that he'll get it. And he whether it's a goal or not, he still controls the puck and it's elite, elite talent being able to shift your body like that and like finding the angle of the puck on a stick. And oh my God, like no wonder he's with elite company. Now he's the fifth active NHL player with at least 500 points in the first 450 games joining Crosby, Ovi, Malkin, McDavid. Unreal. As like, he should, right? Well, yeah. And we're probably going to see what's Mara at 497 now? Four, should be 498 after tonight. So, I mean, uh, the fact that both of them at the same time are just breaking every record, it's it's crazy. And we take it for granted a lot. Like, we can pick out, oh, you know, their defense wasn't great tonight. It's like, okay. <laughs> These are literally the, the two best Leafs in modern history. So... Enjoy it while yeah. it's here. Try not to complain too much. Even... That goes to me too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just another thing about this goal. Sorry, it was a really nice goal, guys. It was. Um, before the shot, Bunting was behind the net looking for that lane and Matthews switched spots with him. And, you know, he was like, fuck this. I'm going to do it myself. Scans the ice for the lane. Doesn't see one plays back and forth with Nylander to set up that shot. So without that work before, it's not like he's a cherry picker waiting for that blast, kind of like Ovi. Like, I don't know. He just does it all, right? And Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Matthews ran over. Anyway. <laughs> um, 
So we have a question here from Birthday Boy Seti. This Ooh. is um, Leafs have reached out to Bunting's camp for preliminary contract talks. So what is a good contract for both sides? Ooh. Hmm. What do we think? Long term. I hope. Yeah, you want to go long term? I mean, here, he had the power play goal in the third period to tie the game up, which like it was it was like you said, putting him on the power play, it's a new thing and it's working. We're finding mm-hmm. new uses for him. He's really developing into a top six forward, so developed into a top six forward, I should say. What about what about the curfew deal? I don't three or four years at three and a half. Three was in my mind as well. The three range for annual average. Um, I'm thinking longer, the cheaper, right? Per year. If it's a shorter term, it's going to be more per year. So maybe like five to six at 3.2-ish. You know, it, it's such a tricky situation because normally when you go longer, you have to pay more because you're buying up some of the free agent years. Whereas bunting's already 27 mm-hmm. right so maybe you're right maybe if you offer him he's a toronto boy he loves it here it's it's a stretch and it's a risk but do you offer him eight years at three million he'll take it all day long i think <clears throat> right it's not like ingval where no he probably doesn't give a fuck about toronto <laughs> Like, he doesn't even spend summers in Toronto. This guy, like, flies the day before training camp back to Toronto. There is something to be said for Swedish players with the Leafs, though, with Sundin and Salming, but... Okay, yeah, I think you guys might be lowballing what he's going to ask for. Like, comparable, look at at what Ilya Mikheyev got from Vancouver. This is four years at 4.75 a year. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you're looking closer to four and a half, five million. Like, he's playing with Matthews and Marner. He was in the race for the Calder last year. He's been getting way more points than, like, if you're comparing it to him signing his 900 and whatever K deal before he came here with Arizona, and then you look at the difference in points, like, it's, they're going to ask for a lot of money. I don't think the Leafs are going to be able to get away with paying him three, three or three and a half million dollars as much as I wish they could. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I'm. It's such a short sample size, though. That, and since, but the the problem is the precedent has been set that the sample size doesn't matter anymore. It's expectation on that sample size that like you're you're paying the, for the future. Like it used to be that you paid for the results. I mean, look at Kane and Taves; they won the cup and they each got ten million a year for it. Now it's you know, do you do we think you're going to be somebody that's going to ask for ten million in three years? Okay, well then we're going to give you six and a half now. Like that's the way it's been working. And I mean, the guy went from Arizona. Uh, he played in five games, and then the next year he played in twenty one, and he had thirteen points. So, I mean, just the difference from that to having sixty three, and then being on pace for what's he on pace for this year? Like about the 60. same, like 57, 60 around there. Yeah, yeah somewhere about the same. I mean, I think the leverage that the Leafs have is that they're 
the sample size. I mean, we've seen this with goaltenders. Goaltenders have been getting paid for only playing 50 NHL games. Um, with Michael Bunting's age, I think that's another point of leverage as well. He's not a 21-year-old coming in and scoring 60, 70 points. He's a late bloomer that Dubas trusts because he's also a previous Sioux Greyhound and he came in with a 26.3 shooting percentage when he started with the Leafs and it kind of worked out because he's playing with superstars. Like I think he has to be consistent and playoff time will determine these contracts and who shows up at the end of the day. Like that, I don't know. It's that's like a determinative factor for me. Um, if Bunting is a complete ghost through five to seven games, like no, sorry, bud. But Leafs have to make big, big decisions starting with management down. Unfortunately, like it's gonna shit's gonna hit the fan in my opinion if they don't make it past the first round. I'm just looking at guys that got similar. Yeah, man, like. Okay, so if he got Michael Bunting had 63 points last year. I'm looking guys around him. Ryan Johansson. Ryan Johansson makes eight million dollars a year. He's 29. You got Jeff Skinner, also 29, had 63 points. We know what Jeff Skinner makes. The only like Chandler Stevenson, Thomas Hurdle, Claude Giroux, Jakub Voracek, like Nick Suzuki, Andre Burakowski, Trevor Zegers. These are the guys that had as many points as Michael Bunting last year. He's not getting three million dollars. But it's it's not the same. Like Skinner signed a big free agent deal. That's you can that as a comparable is completely out. <clears throat> Zegers as a comparable is completely out because he came in as a top prospect. Like I'm not trying to bash on Bunting, but this is how the management would have to look at it, right? Going into a negotiation, he's when I mentioned the sample size, it's a short sample size. Yes, he's looking like he's on pace to do the same as he did last year. But that's still only two seasons. Short sample size, he's not coming in as a first overall pick, right? Or someone that, you know, went to college and has been highly touted for years and years and years. It, he's coming in as a project, basically. And Right? Like, he was, dra- he was a fourth-round draft pick. Yeah. So, it's... I, I get what you're saying. Probably ends up being, you know... Uh, hopefully not much more than four, four and a half. Yeah. But I, I don't see him like, I th- I think even for, for him, like the Hyman contract would be high. So, okay. I think given all that, how about Chandler Stevenson as a comparable? Because he's somebody who was, you know, passed on basically until he was picked in the expansion and has broken out since with the Vegas Golden Knights. Is that fair to say? That's fair. So, I mean, look, the Capitals, he played 64 games. He had 11 points. Goes to Vegas. He plays, he gets 35, 64 last year. I mean, he's he wasn't expected to have the 64 he had last year. He makes 2.75. And that's an, on an expected, like, 30, 40 points. So, mm-hmm. on the other end of that, you got Mikhail Granlund, who makes 5 mil a year. Who got about the same and is the same age. So... Like, I think it's going to be somewhere closer to four, four and a half, maybe five on the high end. But I think, like, they can probably get away with, like, four to five with bunting. Yeah. But, like, even even Granlin, like you said, Granlin was there beforehand, was a, a higher ranked prospect coming into it. Like, that, sh- that stuff shouldn't matter. 
but a general manager is willing to make a, a gamble and take a bet on, you know, if you have two guys coming into training camp, they both had 20 points last year and same amount of ice time, same shooting percentage, everything. If one was a first round pick and one was a fourth round pick, you're going to give the fourth, the first round pick 2 million a year. And you're going to give the fourth round pick 700,000. Like it's it, right. It, it, you would have to have a, a big reason to justify giving that lower pick that much more money. As silly as it sounds, it, it's not, I'm not saying it's right, but historically that's how the league is. I think that what you underestimate is how few agents there are in the league now. Like there's very few people that represent most of the league. Like a lot of these guys have 30 to 60 players under contract with them. So it's not like, you know, we're pulling up these comparable contracts and, and saying, you know, maybe this doesn't work. That doesn't work. The agents just get to say, I have four other guys who got the same amount of points as this guy last year. And they make this amount of money. And that's where we're going to start. Like, that's how it works with these agents. Like who's Bunting's agent? I was just trying to look that up. I'm not Michael sure, Bunting. to be honest. Yes. I think you're underestimating how much Bunting wants to play with his dogs. And he's going to take a discount to do so and to stay in Toronto. So if that means making <laughs> 3.5 instead of 5 or 4 or whatever, I think he's going to do it. Because this is the prime of his NHL life right now. Like he's never had this kind of success in, ever. He's playing right beside scarbs like he has the whole leafs nation behind us with his boys his dogs like he's he's staying yeah i'm not saying he's gonna leave i'm just saying it's gonna cost more than than two million dollars to make him stay i think he'll be a flexible one even though he's not like 39 like i think Mm. he'll still be flexible and he wants to make his money, but he's literally been been it all so far. Like I think mm-hmm. he'll be fine. I don't know. So but... Paul Paul Capizano, his agent, represents Darnell Nurse, Adam Pellick, Brian Little, TJ Brody, um, Riley Smith, Drake Batherson, Mason Marchment. Um, oh. Skipping down, Michael Bunting, also Connor Timmins. Um, but in yeah, so he's got. Like Nick Paul, Zemgus Jurgensen's, Cogliano. He's got quite a few people, but he's um what has he got? 10, 20. Um what's that? 19, 26, 33 players under contract. And he's hmm. like one of the smaller ones. I mean, Darnell Nurse is no small contract, but from there it kind of it goes down. So that's what I mean. Like these guys get to just pull up. Well, I've got Mason Marchment who makes four and a half million dollars and Drake Batherson who makes 4.9. Like you said, there's the, mm-hmm. the draft pick thing there, but like, look at Marchment. Marchment's are pretty comparable to, to what's going on with bunting. Somebody the team has passed on. He's been moved around and finally he finds a home. He starts, he has a good season and immediately he gets four point, whatever that is, $4.5 million a year. Also, Chandler Stevenson was given tons of opportunity because the Vegan Golden Knights were so injured at one point. Uh, I mean, Mark Stone was down, Pacioretty, uh, whoever the first line center, he took over their position and on PP1. So, of course, this guy's going to excel. But that's just like, that's hockey, right? Like anything could happen. I mean, the, the Blues were last in the league in 2018 and then won the Stanley Cup at this time of year. Yep. So, who freaking knows, right? Like, who knows if Michael Bunting's going to score, like, 40 goals starting in two days? Like, 
He I'm, scored four in the last two games, guys. I'm just gonna say now, my guess for him is four points. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. And go four million a year, but I think that's the range you're looking at. Uh, and that's totally cool with me if that's what it costs to keep him, because I think I mean it's less than than Zach Hyman's getting. Pardon me, and I think he's somebody who gets. Uh, who draws a lot of penalties, who creates a lot of chances. He doesn't give up on plays. He plays with a lot of heart. I yeah. I, I know there's a, a lot with Dubas where people say, you know, we're going to go out and find the next one of those guys. I mean, I don't know if you'll find another Michael Bunting for $900,000. Like, that's a pretty lucky one to get. You're going to find yeah. another Jordy Ben, another Victor Mete. You'll find another Zach Aston Reese and Abe Kubel, whatever. Like, those guys you can replace. I mean, man, we tried... It's not like Michael Bunting was the first person they brought in to put on that line. It was Nick Ritchie. Like that was a needle in a haystack <laughs> to get there. So I think they got to uh, lock down the one they found and move on from the rest. Can we just talk about the shootout for one sec? Why did Sandine play in the shootout? <laughs> because this is the first Leaf shootout of the year and no one expected Sandine or Marner to go before John Tavares. Yeah, what the... Okay, okay first I of all... I expected Marner to go before Tavares, but... First but of all, he's a, Matt, He even said he's not a shooter. But he scored and it was disgusting. It even was. They... I was screaming. I was literally like, oh my God, where the fuck did this come from? Like, oh, wow, Mitchie fucking Marner, guys. Magic mitts right here. Yeah. Sorry, I was really excited for this call. Well, no, and it was, I like that they had to have the little talk about like, did you stop there? No, 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 he did not. Yeah. That was totally legal. It was just gross. Um, the Matthews one, though, first, holy, he's he makes Easy. a lot of things look casual. But that was like Easy he just money. walked in and in one motion shot and kept skating around like it was like he was playing backyard hockey and there was nobody in the net. He was just like putting yeah, the puck back at the end of the night. Like, all right, I'm just going to put one this motion. Here. <laughs> that was so nonchalant. Like, yeah. fuck, he's so good. Yeah. Gross. Nylander almost had it if the puck didn't slip off his stick on the fake. And even Sandine, I mean, Big Bennington, if he didn't kick out his right skate, that was going in. But oh, what did he man. do in practice the last two months that Keith was like, you know what, Sandman, you're taking a shot here? Like, what? What? Right? Why? It, it could have even been JT, like, just, no, I don't want to do it. Send Maybe. one of the kids. <laughs> yeah, I was even, um, you know, it would be cool to see if he played tonight. Um, this is so random, but Connor Timmins, they always talk about this guy's shot and his offensive ability and all of the points he scored or even Hunt, right? He scored 58 goals in um, the previous league he played in or whatever, which league it was. And I'm like, damn, Gross. I would love to see this kid just embarrass Bennington right now out of all people on this roster, Dryden Hunt. Yeah. His his overage year in junior, yeah. He, they should have put him in. He was looking great. He's fast too. Um, but holy, that overtime though, I don't think I've ever seen one go the entire, I mean, basically the entire five minutes without a whistle. It was nuts. Like, I mean, we saw him put out camp with Brody and, uh, and Lilligren, which I was going to tweet out. Like, I think that's what he's going to do, but 
so oh, yeah. funny. Well, and, and 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 we talked about it last time he did that, like how much puck possession matters yeah. in three on three. Like, there's a reason you do something like that because the chances are Camp is going to win it, and if he doesn't, who better to have on the ice than those three to get it back? Yeah, and I can't believe the Leafs hemmed the Blues in their own zone for two minutes. They had three changes before the first shift could get off. And that was just their whole game plan. I'm like, guys, you better score on this. Like, I can't believe and they then, score on OT. Oh, my fucking God. When you see Matthews or someone like just float out of the zone and don't they don't go. And I'm like, oh, no, why did you leave the zone? No, you got to reset it. And then they do it again. And you're like, oh. <laughs> but. I'm surprised to hear as well that we were one of two teams that didn't do a shootout yet this year. Uh, Winnipeg Jets being the only other team. Wow. The Leafs have had a lot of like weird stats like that because it was only... They keep losing overtime in the first minute. Yeah, those ones. And the fact that they were the only team that hadn't lost by three goals yet. And they've only lost those two. And one of them was to Arizona and the other one was to... like They were both off of empty netters too that they lost... Uh... It was the the Washington one. And that was the first time that they've lost after scoring four goals in like 18 games or something. 21. 15-0 this year. Oh, 21. It was more than this year. It was 15-0 this year. Yeah, it's crazy. Marley's were also in OT. And guess who scored the game winner? If you don't already know. Duragachinsev? I don't know. Got Got it. it. Nice. And Wall is 7-0 to start his season coming oh, back after injury. So Love that's good news. That. I would, yeah, that's very good news. I was going to touch on that a little bit. Uh, 926 save percentage, 2.29 goals against average since coming back, 7-0. Nice. Looking good. Yeah. So um, I know we covered it a lot, but Alan Peterson just said thoughts on Samsonov tonight as a question. Um, I mean, 17 goals allowed in the last four games. Now he's 9-0-1 at home. Like I said earlier, I just don't think it's all his fault. I mean, Leafs were playing really good hockey when he had his two shutouts, right? Like, they were phenomenal phenomenal defensively. Like, people were in position. There was, we couldn't say anything wrong about the games, right? And lately, the Leafs have been kind of loosey-goosey. And I know it's not it's, – it's a both – it's both of them, right? It's the goalie and the team, so – I think he bounces back. Like he's known for one soft goal, but I think he bounces back. And yeah, team came through. Yep. You you just, you got to battle through it. Like realistically at this point of the season, it's always, you know, when defensive lapses start to happen, you go kind of through the dog days of the season, right? Like the days are long and dark middle of winter. You know, there's going to be some goofy things that happen. And at the end of the day, we touched on it earlier this episode, the Leafs have the ability to score their way out of problems. Yeah. They haven't had to use it a lot this year, but they do have the ability. So, you know, old school 80s style hockey, Grant Fuhrer. You don't got to stop them all, just stop the last one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, one more question I have from me. Oh, actually two more. Um, just quickly, fun guy at some pa- South Paula underscore Cal says, how can the Leafs draft Bedard? I was just kind of <laughs> Anything looking could at happen. That, waiting for that question. So the Leafs have 23 wins. <laughs> um, the Chicago Blackhawks have eight. 
So the pace that they would have to go on to like Chicago would have to somehow on the second half of the season. How have they only won eight games? Holy shit. That is impressively bad. Um, Peter Mazarek. They would have to go on um, a twice as good streak for the second half of the year. And the Leafs would have to lose like every other game, every single game. So as much as it would be great or, you know, not that anybody's going to trade the pick, but you can get down to like just missing the playoffs. (laughs) It's not worth it. (laughs) There's been so much discussion on different podcasts and, and, you know, I listen to a lot of hockey shows on Sirius XM and that of different ways they can do the lottery to prevent tanking. Right. Because yeah, you get a player like Bedard and you're going to have teams that they're, they're going to want to dress a minor midget team instead of their players just to lose games. Right. Um, and because of that, I think you might actually see teams like the Blackhawks or maybe the Habs teams that, you know, you're for sure out of it. They're not going to wait till the deadline. Mm-hmm. They're going to start doing trades probably over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. to ensure that they have a better chance of having a worse record, right? Like I heard someone mention it, one way you could get away from tanking is as soon as like go by winning percentage from the date you're mathematically eliminated to the end of the season. Ooh. Hmm. Yeah. So okay. like from the date you're mathematically eliminated, whatever team has the best winning percentage has the best shot at the pick. That's cool. I like that. Because then you have that something way, to play for. That way you're not... Yeah, yeah, you have something to play for. You're not purposefully losing, and you can't just go by points because, like, Chicago will be mathematically eliminated tomorrow, whereas you know some team might not be eliminated until the last week or two weeks of the season. <laughs> Mike the fanatic says, "Could the Leafs just not lose in a mile- milestone game for Matthews? Maybe that no. would be kind of cool." Also, never. thanks again for the gift. Yeah, never. Hey, they won when he scored his sixtieth. Yeah, yeah <laughs> against Detroit. <laughs> yeah, it's I know. And then you watch the interview afterwards, and they're just like speaking vaguely about it's more about you know getting the the points than anything, and ah, just get but you in y- the gut. <laughs> you know, I I believe that from Matthews. Like you see his body language and the way he's talking when they're asking him questions. Like he was he didn't really give two shits about talking about getting his 500th point. But when the reporter brought up how hot Bunce has been lately, like big smile across his face, right? Like he's, I really do think he doesn't care about his own personal stats this year because he's just, they're enjoying being a team. They like, they know you might not. Wow. Sorry. Tyson Berry just actually made a defensive play. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) They, they, some of these guys might not be here next year, depending on salary cap and everything. So enjoy it and make the most of this season. 
Speaking of Tyson Berry, I don't know if you guys saw the recent clip of Oilers in practice. This is completely random, I'm sorry, but I posted our Instagram story and it was McDavid versus Berry in a drill and it was a speed thing and they had to, I don't even know what the hell they were doing, but anyways, McDavid literally skated backwards and dusted Barry. <laughs> like he just did a couple strides, turned around and just stared at him the whole time going down the ice like, ah, and Barry's like winded. <laughs> That's amazing. I thought you were going to say that Barry beat him in a race or something crazy. No. That's it so was funny. embarrassing for him, but also expected. But uh, Oh, um, by the way, Leafs yeah. finally reach 100 goals against on the season. There are only three more teams in the East, Carolina, New Jersey, and Boston, that have not hit 100 yet. Uh, Boston's still at 83. That's insane. And they have 10 more wow. goals than the Leafs, plus 57 differential for the Bruins. That's nuts. Uh, in wow. the West, only Winnipeg is at 97. So just to tell you how much worse the West is this year. And even though Austin Matthews does not have like 30 goals right now, he is the first Leaf to ever finish a calendar year as the top goal scorer, you know, in all of Leafs history. So that's wow. huge. Yes. And in other breaking news, which we already kind of knew and speculated about, but it's finally public, um, Morgan Riley and Tessa Virtue finally announced that they are engaged, Aww. even though she's been wearing her rock for months. Love and- that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she was on a podcast and spoke about it. And yeah, now you'll see it all over the place. You know what's crazy? The Los Angeles Kings are um, on pace to make a playoff spot. Uh, make the playoffs with a negative goal differential. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. They are second in the Pacific and they are at a minus six. I, they have a 600 winning percentage like or point percentage. I don't understand the West. It's so broken. There's so many bad teams. Like, anyway. Which, which is funny because it wasn't that long ago that the West was the juggernaut. Right? Like, people were so afraid of, I mean, like, San Jose was a beast to play against. Like St. Louis was gross. Nashville's been, they haven't really fallen off. Vancouver was great. The California road trip used to be the road trip at death. Yeah, man. Anaheim with Getzlav and Perry. Like that was the worst. And Kane and Taves at the same time in Chicago. Like the West was gross. Like 2010. Ugh. So I want to know your guys' opinion because Jacob Verano was put on waivers today and carries a 5.25 annual million dollar contract uh, to next year anyways he was just released from the nhlpa players assistance program um got zero points in the last three games on his ahl conditioning stint but he's uh doing another week because the coach says so therefore he's placed on waivers chris johnson also says fabry's coming back bertuzzi's not far off he's known to play in top six pp1 would you think the leafs would consider taking him no, Bean's no. just like, no, no. I asked Not Instagram. Contract. People are confused. You know, 50% say hell yes, 30 say absolutely not, and 20 are undecided. So, <sighs> Not at that contract because he's – this has nothing to do with the fact that he had to go into the player assistance program. It's mm-hmm. the fact that he's had massive injury problems over the last handful of years and that contract. If – Yes, you don't have to give anything up to get him. Yeah. But what's he making? Five, five and a half or 5.7? 5.25. Well, 5.25. But still, unless you could somehow 
but even then you're not claiming off waivers. I was going to say somehow swing a deal to with a broker team to eat part of the contract. Yeah. That would basically be the only way. Um, realistically, this is probably just a way to get him down to the AHL without it being a conditioning stint anymore. What I would do if, if I'm the Leafs and I'm high up on the waiver position, and I don't know where they are right now. It's impossible to find. Uh, whoever's at the top of the waiver order should just say who wants him because we're claiming him and we'll trade him to you. Yeah. Like at the, If I was playing NHL 23 and I saw somebody like that go through waivers because the team just couldn't afford them at the moment, you just take them to trade to somebody, honestly. So if I'm the Leafs, I would grab him just to move him. But I, I don't... That's if there's somebody interested in him. Like if there's a couple teams that are saying they want to put the claim in on him, whoever's at the top should just do it to move him. Pull a Vegas Golden yeah. Knight draft. I, you know, I had to ask because this guy is great in fantasy when he's hot. I mean, I've had him multiple years when he worked out. Uh, some years he was shooting, yeah, almost twenty percent. Uh, he scores a bunch of goals. I was just thinking he could be a suitor for left wing too, but that price tag, I totally agree. Too hefty. Yeah, it's Especially too much. If we want Michael Bunting. Too much and with, with the dogs. Exactly. It's too Sorry. much and with the injuries. And if we want to re-sign Engvall and Bunting, and there's a bunch of guys there. So I, I just I don't think and Simpsonov too. I is it just for this year he signed or is it moving forward? Uh the next year. Verona this year and next year. Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't take that on. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would if I was in a position where like you need a body to play. Like if I'm if I'm you know Chicago or Montreal or somebody and like you're literally getting to the end of the lineup and you're you're spending you know 50 million this year anyway you just need another body to play like take him but I don't think any contender they don't have five million dollars of space right now to spend on him without moving anything out like that's the problem is it's just on waivers it's not a trade yeah is that the end of our Mm. questions yeah Sorry, I'm just going off on random things now around the league. <laughs> okay, so um, real quick, we'll finish off with this. I just pulled up the stats from last year at the same point of 38 games played. So I just want to ask you guys a quick little year uh, starting trivia question. At this time last year, which I had to move forward a bit to uh, January 23rd because the Leafs had so many games postponed, uh, but we are here at 38 games on both sides. Who was the points leader? In on the Leafs? Yep. On the Leafs. This time last year? Marner. And again, it's 38 games, uh, but it's the January 23rd that they actually hit that last year. I I honestly want to say it was Matthews or JT, because Marner he ended the season like ridiculously hot so i believe he got the majority of his points the last half of the season so i don't think it's marner but if i had to take a stab um actually i'll I'll say matthews okay who had the most goals 38 games in matthews I don't think you'd be asking us this if it I know. wasn't Matthews. So it's too I'm, easy. Yeah, I'm just going to say Willie just for the hell of it. I, I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. I haven't looked it up for this reason. But Yeah. Okay. Same. And last one, who had the most assists? 
Riley. <laughs> um, Marner. Oh no. Hmm. Kerfoot. Interesting. It's going to be all like Engvall. Okay, so at this point, through 38 <laughs> games this year, currently leading in points is William Nylander with 45. Nice. 22 goals, 23 assists. That is insane. And he's currently leading in goals as well. Yeah. With he's, 22, right? He's also leading in goals with 22. Mitch Marner leads assists with 29. Okay. 38 games last year, Austin Matthews had 25 goals to lead the team. Second was Nylander with 16. So he was nine goals ahead of the next one. And uh, Tavares Mm -hmm. had 15. So Matthews had most goals at 25. Morgan Riley with 28 assists. Nice. (laughs) But the most points was Austin Matthews with 41. 25 goals, 16 assists. So just looking at through the same amount of games... The top four player, top five players on the Leafs, Matthews, Nylander, Tavares, Riley, Kerfoot, 41, 38, 36, 33, 27. This year, Nylander, Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Bunting, 45, 44, 43, 34, 29. Holy shit, they have so many more points this year after the same amount of games. It's insane. Like, and last year was record-breaking in all categories. Like, they are poised to do even better this year. I am so ready for the playoffs. Let's go. And for my take to come true, three Leafs are hitting 100 this year. They're on pace to do it. it. Marner, Matthews, and Nylander could all do it. I don't think... They've been a lot more consistent, right? And I, you know what? I'm standing by that Tavares isn't going to. I think he's going to hit, like, 80, but I don't think he's going to do 100. So weird with these streaks. Like Tavares was on such a hot streak in November, and then Marner was right after. Now, you know, Pierre Ingval and Yarncroke are all on multi-game point streaks. It's like the Leafs take turns by lines. It seems. Um, mm-hmm. And last year they were saying tonight Matthews had way more multi-goal games than not. So this year he's only had one. It's just. I think that buds have just matured overall. Like they're more defensively responsible and not really focusing on, you know, getting that next goal essentially, but covering all of the zones and then the offense is coming and like taking those big shots from the point and how many rebounds worked out tonight alone, like Michael Bunting two power play goals. Like, I don't know. They're finally putting it all together more. I don't I don't, like maturely, I, I don't know how to how else to describe it. Well, yeah, and it seems like they have a more solid, I want to say middle six. Like the the top makes sense, but I guess bottom six. But like last season, I'm looking at the numbers at this point. I mean, you had Kasha, but like Engvall, Spezza, and then it kind of falls off once you get to Simmons, Brody, Muzzin, Camp, like at like ten points. This season, mm-hmm. you've got Yarncroke has 16, Engvall's got 15, Camp's got 15, Sandine's got 14, Geo's got 12. Like, that's getting pretty far down in points here. Like, you're just, you're getting a lot more out of, um, out of these bottom six. Like, I'd say more consistent from individual people instead of spread out amongst a group effort like it was kind of last year where you were switching Spezza and Simmons in and out and trying to figure out what to do there. So it seems like they're, they're starting to find it. 
like the beginning of the year, it was where's everyone going to go? We didn't know what Yarn Croak was going to do. He looked lost for a little bit. You know, everyone was kind of all over the place, especially like Aston Reese. We finally ditched Kubel. Like it's it's really settled in now. They look dangerous all the time. That Colorado game was fantastic. I don't know. I think I'm just looking forward to the rest of the year. Yeah, it's exciting. Tis. Like we're, and we've said it many times to the point that it's almost getting silly now. Like we're witnessing history. Yeah. Hundo P. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Thursday facing the Seattle Kraken because, you know, we've only witnessed that a couple times in their history. And yeah, uh, Leafs are in a huge, uh, I think, 11 game home stand right now or something like that. So Holy. I hope they do. Or, yeah, I think they're at home for a, a big stretch. Um, looking forward into the. Oh, no, sorry. They're away on Sunday. I don't know where I heard that from. Kraken <laughs> just won 5 2 against the Oilers. Oh, nice. Wow. Oh, Lordy. Who was in net for the Oilers? Was it Jack or is it... Skinner started and then Campbell came in in relief, which, by the way, Campbell changed his pads. Oh. Different style. There's a lot of people who know a lot more about goalies than I even do that were saying that he's used the fact that he was using the older style pads, the old, um, I think he was using Bowers. Um, they're too soft. So when he's going down five hole, he's actually letting a lot of pucks hit him and actually squeak under his pads because the newer ones that look like a board almost, they're a lot stiffer. Mm-hmm. So when you go down, it seals the ice a lot better. So it's kind of interesting that a lot of people have been saying that. And now all of a sudden halfway through the season that he's having a very tough season. He switched up. Nice. Well, we'll see. He needs to figure something out there. Yeah. Anything to make him look bigger at this point. Uh, I think Jack looks really tiny in net compared to even Murray or obviously Vasilevsky, right? Mm. Um, if you could use that to your advantage, like you want to upgrade, upsize your pad there, but uh, do it. <laughs> All right. So last thing before we go, I want to add something new to the show this year. Um, it was an idea I took from a non-sports related podcast, so it's not stealing that much. Um, but I want to give us the opportunity at the end of every episode to either uh, walk back something that we have said on the episode or double down on something that we think might be a hot take, but we are definitely, you know, you feel like that was one that you want to hammer home. So we're going to call it, uh, um, what do we call it? Double down or, or um, let it drown. <laughs> I don't know. Careful oh. with double down. You might have KFC coming after us. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll come up with a name, but you know, walk it back or, uh, or do, Oh, I wasn't going to say, you know, do it in honor of Marty and say run it back, but that doesn't really make sense because you're, I guess you could do that instead of doubling down, run it back. Do walk it back or run it back. There we go. In honor of Marty. Yeah. So walk, walk it back or run it back. So you're either (laughs) running back your take because it's so good or you're going to walk it back because it was no good. So anything you want to walk back or run back tonight? Um, I reinforce my hot take. Run uh, back. Run it back. Um, You're gonna, we just read... established the name. You're going to use the name. <laughs> Branding. Use the name. 
um, leaves. Three leaves are hitting a hundred points this year, and do I take backsies? Anything I said tonight? Um, <laughs> maybe after I listen back the episode, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't, what, what are you thinking, Bean? Anything come to your mind? I'll uh, I'll run it back that you know, <clears throat> not only Matthews but the the team is a lot more focused on on team success than individual this year. It's it's evident on their play. It's evident in the way they talk to the media. Everything. It's it's a completely different different feel around this team than maybe we've seen ever. Yep, I have to agree. Um, I'm going to use mine to walk back one of my first statements of the night. I think it was a little too hard on Sammy to start. I know he was overplaying things and looked a little shaky, but they. I think overall it wasn't his worst game. I just think. I don't know. I think I put too much on him when a lot of it was, uh, you know, once we got into talking about the goals, people just walked in and were you know, not defended well and there were giveaways and the shorthanded one and this and that. So I don't know. He didn't, especially after what happened in the, the overtime where he made so many fantastic saves. Uh, I got to give him a little more credit than I think I started with. So I got to walk that back just a tiny bit. Still wasn't great, but he wasn't awful. He's better than Bennington. That's kind of all that matters. <laughs> and they both have cups. And, yeah, right. look at that. Or does Samsonov have a cup? Was he with Washington? Samsonov. Was he with? He was, but he wasn't on the Capitals. That was Holtby and Grubauer. Ah, ah he was the replacement. I'm so sorry, Sammy. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Before we sign off, I've got two. It, it's not really this day in hockey history, but since we haven't had an episode over the last couple of days, um, obviously on New Year's Day, and I mentioned it earlier in the episode, one of my favorite moments of a sporting event I've been to, January 1st, 2014, NHL Winter Classic at the Big House between Toronto and Detroit. Nice. Toronto wins 3-2 in a shootout with nice. Bozak's goal. Um, over 105,000 people at a game. <laughs> incredible atmosphere hearing what sounded like the whole 105,000 people singing O Canada at the beginning of the game too, which was pretty cool. That's wild. And then January 2nd of 1992. Can either of you guess what happened that day? January 2nd, 1992. That would have been a trade. And give you a hint. Look over my shoulder. Gilmore. That's the trade, right? Calgary trades Doug Gilmore to the Toronto Maple Leafs in a massive deal that uh, by quite a few is considered to be one of the worst trades ever, at least by Flames standpoint. The Flames traded Doug Gilmore, Rick Natress, Jamie McCowan, Kent Manderville, and Rick Wamesley to Toronto for Gary Lehman, Craig Berube, coach of the Blues, wow. Alexander Gudjanek, Michael Pettit, and Jeff Reese. I love these old trades where it was like, here's seven guys. Give me, like, here, here's an entire lineup. Like, how do you find a team that's willing to take... That doesn't happen now. No. You can't just go, here's, here's like, my third and fourth line. Give me your starting goalie and all of your defensemen. Like, what? Yeah, the Flames traded their best player in Gilmore. And... 
that I guess the main piece going back would have been Gary Lehman because he was only a year and a half, two years removed from scoring 50 goals. So from that standpoint, I can kind of see it. But Gilmore and McCowan were were big pieces for their time in, in Toronto, both part of that, that you know, those cup runs, not, not cup runs, but playoff runs that they had, 93-94, excuse me. And, yeah, just ridiculous trade that drastically changed the fortunes of both clubs. Gary Lehman in 1991-1992 in for the Flames played 29 games, had two goals and seven assists. In 92-93, he played 30 games and had nine goals and five assists. And then he went to the Montreal Canadiens. What the fuck happened there? Literally, I'm looking. He scored 21, 30, 32, 51. Like, the was scoring goals more and more every year. He, granted, had two really bad years with the Leafs before they moved him to Calgary. Or a year and a half that was not great. But, Wow. What a rip-off trade. Yeah. That's so yeah. weird. And, like, Cliff Fletcher had just left Calgary as well. So, you know, he, he knew the players. He, he Basically, he knew what he was doing. He was completely ripping them off. Can you imagine scoring 51 goals and then 17, 9, 9, 6, 4, and then going to the AHL? That's such a weird trajectory. Huh. Old hockey, baby. Anyway, let's get out of here. Have a good night. Appreciate y'all. We'll be back next time. I figured out how to fix that when it doesn't work. It's been like over Follow a year. On Twitter and it's Instagram. And you just figured it out. I just figured it out. Your night of post-game podcast. Available after I just have to make it. On YouTube, I go to preview Spotify, and then I go back Apple to live. Podcasts, and then it Audible, and more. Run it back. How many, how many Roscos <laughs> does it take to figure out the media board? Hey. Fine. Produce, the, oh, produce oh, it on your own then. Oh, oh, oh.